Hello, everyone. This is Tom calling in again on the podcast in a solo session. And for today's chat or discussion, although it's somewhat of a monologue, I'm going to go through a two-parter. So this podcast is going to be divided up into two sections. But overall, we're going to cover two of the biggest mistakes or common themes of problematic training habit that I see in climbers around the area of endurance training. And this is whether it's boulderers, sport climbers, or trad climbers. And I'm going to break this into two sections, um, mainly because they're quite distinct in terms of how they work and their repercussions. But also, it just means that I get you to check back in a few days time on the podcast to listen to part two, because I want you to go away and have a think about how you act when it comes to these different aspects of your endurance training, because all of these things within the podcast are all about going away and reflecting and thinking about how this impacts your own training and your own performance. Stuff can't just get solved by listening to a podcast and going, oh, well, that was interesting. Um, right. I'll just go back to doing what I want to do or what I used to do. This is all about giving you useful information and then going back and thinking about what do I do in relevance to that? And can I change some of those habits? And sure, you may not be able to change everything tomorrow, but that just drip feed of slowly changing things bit by bit, I think is really, really impactful with your long-term performance because a 1% change today, another one in a month's time, another one in a month's time really compounds out to become a really, really big change in the way that you operate as an athlete over the years. It doesn't have to be massive differences just over, you know, a period of a month or because you take made a New Year's resolution, resolution, for example. So part one is all about intensity. Part two is going to be all about climbing style and climbing angle. But let's dive into the whole aspect of climbing intensity. Now, what I mean by this is the difficulty or the grade of the climbing that you're going to be taking on when you do your endurance training. A lot of people, when they first come to endurance training, think of it as just being a, a single session that you would do. You, you read something in a training book or you heard something even on a podcast where someone's a pro athlete's doing this session and they got really fit. Yes, that may work for a period of time, but the reality is, is that in all good quality endurance training that any athlete does over the years, it has to go across a spectrum of intensities. And that's all the way from really low intensity endurance training through to mid through to high intensity endurance training. And they're all valid and they're all useful. I get asked this question loads on forums about what's the best form of endurance training to do. There isn't really a best form or rather maybe the best form is when you do all three and you find out how to sequence those and order those across your training seasons and training years. So this is the, the big takeaway that I want you to all take is that there isn't just one modality or form or method of endurance training. You want to look across all of them. And that specifically means that you're going to be training at different intensities. So low intensity a classic kind of example of that to give you, you know, a, a practical way of thinking of this is your continuity training or arc training, where you might be on the board or the wall for 
15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes sometimes in a continual block at a really, really low intensity. You can happily chat to someone. You could, you're not out of breath. You're not pumped at all. You could just keep going forever. The kind of intensity where I say to people that if you could do this seven days a week, it wouldn't really impact the rest of your training. That's your kind of very low intensity arc continuity style training. The next is your mid intensity Two classic examples of this is 50-50 training or polarized continuity. So 50-50 is where you swap between relatively high intensity work on the board or on the wall and then go into much lower intensity, get back in control of that pump or the fatigue that you're starting to develop during that higher intensity work on the wall. And then you're really getting it all back, recuperating and then going into another little block. But you're actually doing a reasonable amount of volume as well. So you might be on the wall for 10 minutes continuously on this one, but moving between easier and harder climbing, but you're always in control, but there's definitely a degree of pump on this one. Um, and you will feel quite fatigued after that session. And then the last one is your really high intensity endurance training. So that's stuff like one-on-one -on -one off, one-on-two-off to some degree, two-on-one-off. And that's, what often people class as HIT training within uh, other sport forms of training. Um, and with the high intensity interval training, what you're doing is you're doing very small isolated blocks of high intensity work, but it's copable with to do a relatively decent volume in the session because you're doing them in lots of little blocks where you can get rest, recover, and then come back into that. So that's your high intensity work where you're doing much lower volume in the whole session. So you may actually only do maybe 10 minutes of total time on the wall in that session, broken up into one minute blocks, for example. So to break down our areas within this intensity element of what you're doing with your endurance training and those mistakes that I see or the repercussions is I want to break it down into technical, psychological and physical. So I want to go through each part or each section one at a time, just so you can think about the repercussions of what you're doing with that endurance training, because you may only be selecting at the moment to do low intensity endurance training, or you might be doing a combination of low and mid, but you want to know how that's going to affect your training and your performance in the long run. And this is all about just being aware of the effect from doing this so you can think about whether this has a repercussion which is too much for you to deal with once you go on your trip or once you get on your goal this is this is the aim of the game here is to be understanding of what are the repercussions so for the intensity element i think on the technical side of things often a change in intensity all the way from low to high can really affect the speed at which you're climbing and if you don't have enough variety or you make the right choices in your base training is you can end up climbing at completely the wrong speed or pace of climbing, which relates back into your goal. So very, very normal and classic mistake that I see on this front is I watch people on circuit boards at walls and they're doing all of their hit training on circuits. They know really well and they're absolutely motoring around these things, climbing maybe one move every two seconds really fast pace of climbing they're barely flicking or chalking up and then when they go out onto their climbs when they go outside or on their projects or in a competition it's completely different pace of climbing 
and they feel very, very unpracticed in terms of that technique of actually slowing things down and how to climb slowly or how to climb at a moderate pace is most definitely a technique, a skill, a tactic, and it needs refinement into your base training. The next thing is that if you only do one type of intensity or you're quite narrowing your intensity for the volume of training that you're doing in your endurance is you can often just play back into your strengths. So if you're a climber that likes moving really fast, you don't have a great deal of recovery. You can't get on mid-size holes and get it all back and you can't plod along for ages is you will often default into just doing high intensity endurance work because you feel great doing it because you're playing to your strengths. But the whole thing here in training is to try and make yourself into a broader and more adapted climber so that you can ultimately get up your goal um, and become a more physically capable climber. So be careful of that. You don't want to just play to your strengths because it will affect your technique when you're doing your endurance training. The next category is the psychological one. And the big one that I kind of really see affect particularly those who have historically enjoyed a lot of mid to short length routes is that if they don't do enough high volume and in particular that mid volume threshold work is that they don't have enough of a psychological, uh, what would I call it? A, A psychological defense or awareness of what it feels like to just try really hard and grind through that pretty unpleasant just about in control feeling that you get on the wall and you would always go well I can just get on my project and I can try really hard like I'll want my project so I will just try hard but there is absolutely a pattern of those that you see who practice that element of that mindset and psychology and behavior in their training tend to be very good at it when on rock or when in competition or when in that situation. It's a practice thing. I don't believe in this whole idea that you can be a try harder or you can be a person that just bails and stuff. And as soon as it gets hard, you just like, nah, I just want to jump off. Um, I'm not going to try one more move. It's very definitely trainable. And you can do this through your endurance training. So really think about that. The other side to it is if you don't include a fairly significant block of very low intensity, high volume climbing, I think it's hard to refine and become comfortable with that flow experience within climbing where you're just moving so well. Everything just goes easy. Your feet feel good. Your body feels good. You're not over gripping. You're moving very, very efficiently. And I find that high volume, low intensity endurance training really helps promote that. And this is a really good other element to build into that psychological aspect of your performance and preparation. The last side of things is the physical one. And this really breaks down into three parts your neurological adaptations, 
your structural adaptations and your metabolic adaptations that you're going to get from endurance training. And all three of those levels of intensity and volume, so low intensity, high volume, mid-intensity, mid-volume, high-intensity, low-volume, are all going to have a different focus or a different adaptation in terms of those physio physiological aspects that you're going to get from the training. And you want to think about those because one form of endurance training does not present or give you all of the outcomes or the adaptations that you want in terms of neurological, structural, and metabolic. So it needs some planning in terms of your endurance training so that you're getting the outcome and you're identifying, if I'm doing this type of training, I see this physiological out outcome from it. So for example, to give you a couple of really simple practical examples, is that if you want to go through a process of de-recruitment, so less of that feeling of just firing up at 100%, as soon as you engage, you're just all in, you know, classic overgripper, someone who can go for about 45 seconds, a minute on something, but then they're just instantly pumped, kind of no matter how strong they are compared to the route, is that you can really go through a process of de-recruitment by doing very, very high volume exhaustive, long, extensive work. You do, of course, have to reduce the amount of high intensity work you do at the same time, so you can't couple it, but you can vote most definitely de-recruit by using that strategy or that approach. Another one might be as if you're trying to refine the metabolic efficiency of the muscle, especially in the slow twitch muscle fibers, is that threshold work. So mid-intensity, mid-volume work is very, very effective in refining that. And that can build into a power endurance phase, or you can do that kind of work when you have a very, very short runway leading into a performance trip where you're going to go on a quick summer, sorry, quick winter trip to Spain, for example, but you haven't got very much time to prepare for it. You can really refine that metabolic efficiency quite quickly through that threshold work. So there you have it. That's your three areas. So remember, this comes back down to low, mid and high intensity endurance training. And those are three different areas. They don't solve everything. They don't produce the whole range of results in one single area. You need to do a broad range of them. And then they all have technical or tactical repercussions, psychological ones or mindset ones and then also physical ones. So have a think about those, reflect on them, and think about what you're doing now or what you're planning to do for this coming season, and make sure that what you're doing in your training and your action now has a beneficial result in what, into what you want to achieve with your climbing, your projects, or your goals in this coming season. I hope that's been useful, and don't forget to check in for part two, which will be on the podcast very soon where I'll be breaking down everything to do with climbing style and angle.